This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. You're listening to the Legacy. The Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming at you. Kicking it old school right off the bat. (laughs) We got Tim Cates, or Tim Inferno, as I like to call him, <laughs> um, coming on to tell his story, A Legend of the Woods, Episode 5 of Wrong. Inferno. Episode 6. 6. Man, we're, we're deep in this. Luckily, homie's here to-, to We're on two hands now, yeah, bro. <laughs> two hands. I can't count that high. That's why my bucks score 20 inches higher than normal. <laughs> um, going on- uh, this this was an awesome episode. This is one of those episodes where he reached out to us, came on, guy just tells a story, flawless, runs it through, and then we just got to hit the tactics at the end. Uh, glad we made the connection with this guy. Uh, this guy's got a mid-190s, a mid-170s, a mid-180s, a bunch of 140s. I mean, this is one of those guys that we created this podcast for who's shooting giants, unknown who's got it figured out and we got to spend an hour on him with the phone and kind of pick his brain and we learned some stuff that we're going to try um learn some stuff that we 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 just talked like an hour and a half about kind of game planning off what he said on this episode so straight up cold message on instagram yeah straight up cold message yeah so shout out to him um 
we we hope that there's we know that there's more guys out there that are just oh, straight yeah. gangsters that are unknown. <laughs> right. So he said he listens to a lot of podcasts, enjoys ours. This is his first podcast. Did an awesome job. Rocked it. Um. So uh, let's get into the partners and uh, get into the show. We'll start out with the VIP veteran broadhead. Um, a lot of exciting news coming out of the veteran broadhead. A lot of people partnering with the veteran broadhead this year. Really getting out there. Um, if you guys haven't tried the broad, broadhead out yet, before you make your purchases this year, try it out, man. You're going to be like, wow. It's it's cool. We've been talking about it so long. Mm-hmm. Like before, it was really, really known. And now people are like, okay, there's there's something here. Like they right. see it, they hear they look at all the reviews, and they try it. They're like, okay, wow. Yeah, there's something here. It's really cool that we've been in it for so long that we finally get to see people make that transition to like, oh, these guys weren't just bullshitting us for a year and a half. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, hit him with the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout out. This week's VIP Veteran Broadhead shout out is Carl Williams. Carl actually just won our VIP giveaway for the month of June. Um, that's a set of arrow wraps, a pack of broadheads, and a set of vip practice tips those bro- those wraps are sick, dude those wraps bro. are sexy i know matt says he's gonna send some to us we i know need, we need to make sure yeah i know you're listening matt <laughs> you need my address again man i'll send it to you <laughs> i was say it's only the 75th time we yeah. gave it to yeah. you it's all right <laughs> um Carl was in the U.S. Army for seven and a half years. He is now medically retired, and he did a 15-month tour in Iraq in Baghdad. So, Carl, we appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate you sacrificing your time away from your family and um, making making sure that we can do this podcast here for us. So, Yeah, we appreciate it, Carl. All your sacrifice, I mean, seven and a half years, it's a long time. 15 months tour in Iraq, I mean. And he made sure to tell me he's going to put the veteran broadhead to good use. Heck yes, man. You cannot beat that thing. Uh, National Anthem's going to play, just to warn you. Uh, let's get into the other partners. Ingram's. Whoa! You see the mic twist I right it's there? Drifted that on thing you. is drifting. Whoa, I got to tighten the set. Screw you need an on iPhone, this. bro? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> savage. Uh, let's get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. Uh, all your taxidermist needs. Big news coming out of Ingram's coming soon. Um, he won't. It it it'll be close. I'm be excited. He's going to be at the launch party. I'm excited. He is. Yeah, I'm excited oh, to sick. talk to him. We haven't been able to see him for a while. I was like, we're recording this the night of the launch party, so we're not giving any details of the launch party just yeah. because it hasn't happened. yet. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't happened yet. So, um, let's see. Uh, we've got. ECW, ECW calls. calls, all your custom calls needs. Huge news coming out of ECW calls too. I mean, it's in, it's incredible what we've been able to do in the short time of just partnering with people. Um, when, pe- th- when people say giving back to your partners, like, mm-hmm. bro, I mean, it's hard to to top the the line that we've just created and they, their hard work has created yeah you know know, it it makes me feel good and really appreciate everybody listening and you know you guys really believing into what we're saying every week about the people who support us and you know you guys showing support for them through us and you know referencing our names or dropping our names or you know in a in a email or a direct message um you know we really appreciate that and it's something that we take pride in you know is is giving back and being able to get their products out there it's one thing we don't really say um 
it that is a 100% American made by a veteran company. Absolutely. That's something that we don't note a lot. We love working with them. Um, like we say a lot, we are not veterans, but we have the utmost respect for anybody that served because they are the reason we get to produce this podcast mm-hmm. and uh, get to say shit on it without yeah. getting regulated. <laughs> all right. Uh, Sitlock, all your carbon and ozone needs. Uh, they just opened up ozbysitlock.com. So for all your ozone needs, be sure to hit that up. Um, it is a new site, and you get free shipping on every order over $99. Nice. All right. That's it, right? That is it. Let's get into the show. All right, guys. We got Tim Cates on. Nailed it last name, right? Yep. Oh, good. man. I'm getting good at the last names. <laughs> Notice the time I murder him, and then homie makes fun of me for six days. <laughs> uh, yes. You are from southern Wisconsin. You're just dropping giants, and you reached out to us. I'm glad you did. Um, you are the guy that we want to come on this podcast, the unknown guy that's just out there smashing them, you mm-hmm. know? So we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of your location and how you got started into hunting. Sure. All right, well, I'm 32 years old. Um, I hunt southeastern Wisconsin. I grew up bull hunting. I've been doing it for 20 years now. Um, as far back as I can remember, I remember probably four or five years old. My dad was dragging me out bull hunting. And I remember just, that's some of my earliest childhood memories is sitting in the crotch of a tree above or below him when he was bull hunting. So I've been around it my whole life. Um, you know, so it's, you know, been in my blood forever. Um, yeah, it's crazy how oh go ahead i'm sorry go ahead it's crazy how like back in the day you're just sitting in the crotch of a tree and now (laughs) someone did that they'd be like no man that's not gonna work (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i think about taking my kids when i take the boys out and i'm like man how did you just throw me in the crotch of a tree and i just sat there for three four hours at a time (laughs) (laughs) it's a different world oh yeah yeah. yep those four safety harnesses and all that kind of stuff were really around you know but but yeah, so, and I'm, I'm a plumber. That's what I do for work. So I get, you know, quite a bit of time off, um, married, I have five kids. So pretty much efficiency has become the older I get, <laughs> the nice, more I try man. to get more efficient, you know, you're like me, just, you're knocking them out early. That's what I like <laughs> yeah. to do too. Knock yeah. the kids out early. No, yeah. I should be done. Hopefully I'm done with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what I'm hoping to be done. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta so. tag out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. it's, it's not very often that we have someone come on and I'm like, well, what legend do you want to talk about? Because you got a few <laughs> legend of the woods. Yeah. I'm like, you can just pick one, man. Cause I'm interested in all of them. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'll talk about deer. I called Inferno. Um, but, you know, he's not, I mean, he's a huge deer and not the highest. I had a higher scoring deer I've killed before, but like as far as story wise goes, that deer's, you know, the best story I have, you know, I had more history with him than any other deer. Um, you know, basically I've in, well, so if we go back to 2014, but the first year, I mean, he, at that point, he was two and a half, I believe he really wasn't on my radar. You know, he was just a basic 10 pointer with like common, he had like a common base G2 that year, but he always had that kind of high arcing rack, like kind of, you know, when I killed him, he is up high, tall. Yeah. Kind of kicked back instead of yeah, straight out. Yeah. Always had real short manes. You know, he always just you know, looked a lot different than the other deer. And plus he always had. The way I kept them apart going that far back is I had, he had a white 
patch that kind of wrapped around the inside of his leg and always came back, you know, because if if it wasn't for that, like, if you were to see the pictures from, like, 2015, 2016, you'd be like, no way that's the same deer. But, you know, so in 2014, he was nothing, you know, huge. He's two and a half, just a 10-pointer. Like I said, neighbors had pictures of him. I mean, I had tons of encounters with him in 2015 or 14. Um, had him, I got some pretty cool video of him just raking up a tree on like November 10th or 11th, I believe it was, you know, and he, uh, I just, you know, really wasn't on my radar. It's just a deer that was around. I remember telling my buddy actually one time that, I mean, I just like, well, he was hunting about a mile away from me and he kept on getting the same deer on camera. And I was like, man, let that deer walk. If you can, he's got some good potential just for how young he was in mainframe 10 just joking with him, you know, yeah, I wasn't expecting him not to kill him if he didn't see him. But so anyway, so 2014 rolls around, end up picking up one of his sheds, you know, not much really thinking of him at that point. So pick up one of his sheds. He was a daylight deer for sure. Like he was in daylight all the time. I've even back then, like I had more pictures in that deer daylight than probably any other deer I've ever had. And um, so I said, I picked up one of his sheds 2014. So 2015 rolls around same type of thing he's just a high high real high frame 10 pointer short brows and at this point it's probably 140 um but that year i had him in velvet and he completely mia like i don't know where he went and i i'm pretty good with knowing everyone around me that hunts and everything else and no one else is getting them and i'm at a loss of where that deer went in 2015 but no, I kind of, I don't know, I've had that before where I feel like three and a half year olds are just kind of venture out and they're gone. And if they live and survive that year of being dumb at three and a half, they seem to come back. I don't know what it is, but I've had that happen on a few deer for some reason. But yeah, so 2015 really wasn't much history with them. Um, then 2016 comes around and uh, I, a picture I've sent you guys, he shows up in velvet and just looks like, like, uh, so I got the name Inferno. It just looks like fireball on top of his head. He's got points everywhere. And then, of course, in velvet, they look way, you know, way <laughs> bigger like, than they really like are. It looks like he's just <laughs> carrying around a spade shovel with a bunch of points yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, everything's bladed and there's points everywhere. You know, so, you know, so first off, he shows up in velvet. And so at that point, I'm like, all right, well, let's start kind of doing some, you know, trying to figure out what this deer is doing. And the property that I was hunting him on is a real small it's a it's considered a i think it's 38 when you look at the plot map but it's got three rental houses and a pole barn so there's probably eh, 15 acres that are huntable and this deer is in there all summer like i'm getting pictures every two or three days of this deer and then so september comes rolling around he's still showing up on cameras you know our boss he's known open i don't know what it opened that year around the 15th usually september every year and um so he shows up, I'm, and you know, he's still showing up. So I started hunting him pretty hard in September and I'm hunting him basically only on cold fronts. Like I started figuring out that at that point I had already realized what deer he was from 2014 and I had him in this hay field all the time in daylight, just a big daylight mover across just two years later. So he's not, he's a little bit smarter, but he's still like, I'm getting, I'm getting pictures in October of this deer about every five or six days moving in daylight but i mean he was only moving a short distance from his bedding area and i had my cameras pretty much right on top of him 
and I pretty much knew it because when he's in that property, it's he's got like yeah five. He's got a little bedding area that's literally five acres, and that's about it. Like this isn't a property. It's right next to a subdivision. It borders a subdivision, and then it borders fields on one side. So there's really nowhere else for him to go when he's in there. And he's kind of got set up that when he's bedding, he he's winding the whole subdivision, and he's winding where I would have to come from. So he's kind of you know all the deer do the same thing on that property. So it's pretty kind of tough to hunt in a, in a way, but. Yeah, I can so, yeah, imagine, so, man, being 15 acres, we hunt a 21, and it's just hard to access with the wind or and everything. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, and the way it lays out, all the woods that they bed in is in the east and to the west is just grass, like grassy grassy area that rolls down into a subdivision. So, you know, I kind of, I use a subdivision to my advantage, you know, they, I try to stay closer to that when I come up, sneak up into my stands. But, Duh. but yeah, so, I mean, that year, pretty much had them, yeah, I don't, I don't understand, you know, in October how I didn't get on him. It was just, we were playing cat and mouse. I'd sit one stand, go the other way, whether he was winding me coming in or who knows what, you know, we're just kind of playing cat and mouse all, all of October, you know. It gets to about, let's see, October 22nd, I believe the day it was, or 23rd. And I finally, I'm walking out of the stand, and this deer, he busts me. Like, I'm, it's dark, you know, in the afternoon. I'm walking back to my truck and I'm walking this main trail and I look over to my left and he's standing there and it's like, he's skyline kind of on a hill. And I'm just like, you know, all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, <laughs> so your instant reaction is hit the deck. You know, at this point he's like 40 yards maybe from me. So I dropped the ground and I'm down for about yeah, five seconds. And I'm going, what am I doing? You know, you know, I, whenever I bust a deer, especially on a property like that, you like, I've learned that, you get up and just make noise and act like you're just someone walking, you know, going from mowing the grass to, you know, cooking on the grill. They don't seem to, they don't seem to react as badly as, as if they were to, if you were hunting them, you know? Yeah. You know, so it's try not to act like predator at that point. So I stood right back up I actually pulled out my phone, put the home screen on and faked like I had a phone call and I was talking on the phone. Well, I'm like 40 <laughs> yards from this buck and he's just staring me down and I'm just like, Watch him out of the corner of my eye, and I kind of have to pass him to get out of there. So I'm, I'm like, he's like quarter into my left, and so I'm just watching out of the corner of my eye. I'm just watching him. And I'm just talking, like clear as day. He knows I'm, he knows I'm there. I'm talking. Walk right by the thing. Walk right out of there. As I'm getting out of there, I look back, and he's just standing there, still looking at me. And I'm like, well, <laughs> hopefully that worked out. And you know, and then of course I did end up having pictures of him pretty much every couple days after that. So I must not have buggered him up too bad there. But yeah, so that, you know, that was, that was, yeah, middle of October, October 20s, you know. So I hunted them really only, I was hunting them hard up to that point. And October 24th rolled around, and I knew on one of my other farms, I had a giant deer that I ended up killing that year, 2016. He showed up like on the, you know, on the day between October 22nd and 26th for like the last three years. So I kind of had in the back of my mind, I knew that deer was like a mega pushing 200. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, that deer's still alive. He should be showing up. So I kind of switched gears, started hunting this other deer. And I could go on 2016 for hours. That year, that year is almost embarrassing how many big deer I had around me that year. And that's something I'll never have again. But, you know, so I basically switched gears. I started hunting another deer and up. Uh, 
I ended up killing him in winter, but I was hunting two deer that were bigger than him. So I kind of just put him on the back burner, different property, really hoping that no one else would get at him. As far as I heard, I, you know, I hadn't heard any talk and anyone saying anything about him. So I was, and I don't really have too many hunters right next to that property. If they are, they're hunting small lake lots. So I don't really hear much. So, yeah. So anyway, so we get past that. I start hunting this other deer, November, December. Uh, muzzleloader comes along and I had my gun tag and I was like well I'm gonna go out there and check cameras go out there and check my cameras you know I, I run mostly cell cameras on your property so I very rarely check cameras to begin with like I pretty much have two cell cameras on every property and then like you know a couple regular cameras so I really don't check them very often but so I'm walking out we had fresh snow it's a really cool picture I mean I'll send it to you guys but I walked by cut some fresh tracks going into the bedding area and i look at them and i'm like man these are some huge tracks i bet this is this guy when i see the tracks i'm already downwind of them or you know upwind of them so he's already smelling me at this point and i'm like well let me just get to the back corner maybe he won't think anything of it anyway so i get to the back corner gets about dark didn't see anything tonight come back certainly went back and i can see that something took off running the same way it went into that bedding area at some point I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I, you know, was running right towards one of my cameras. So I go down, pull the card, and I have him in real cool pictures. One of those heavy snows where you know snow stuck to the trees, everything else. So real cool picture of him just daylight running by that. You know, cool picture. Sucks he busts me again. <laughs> but so that goes on. You know, basically from that point, I didn't hunt him again the rest of the year. Actually, so I get in the shed season and. So I'm driving around trying to find this deer. And finally, one day I'm kind of, you know, we live by, we live by a big lake and there's a lot of lake houses. So I'm that, you know, I'm trying to, I drive around my wife's car all the time. So people don't know who I am when I'm watching deer. <laughs> That's but, a great idea. I take, yes. I, I take the Suburban out and I have all, usually have all the kids and they got, you know, the video playing in the back. So it doesn't look like I'm being nosy. I'm not driving around in my pickup truck or nothing looking for deer. But, you know, so we, I'm down by a lake where I'm night and you know, there's all these, there's always some fields, you know, by a lake that are full of deer in the winter where everything groups up and I'm watching these deer and this neighbor, I see he's outside with a spotting scope and I'm like, well, go talk to this guy. See what he's watching. And all of a sudden he pulls out a picture on his phone and goes, look at this deer that was out here the other night. And I'm like, wait a second. That's <laughs> like, I know that deer. Like what, what, when was this? He goes, oh, this is last night. So I'm like, really? So I get back in my car and I'm sitting there and I watch him and that deer ends up in front of ends up coming out that night. Well, this point right here, I'm 2.2 miles from where I was hunting this deer all fall. And I mean, it's winter time. They move like that all the time, but he, uh, you know, so that's kind of how I figured out where he was wintering and shifting to. So from that point on pretty much that winter, I bet I watched him 10 times from the car. And I was always like, oh, I'd watch him there for two days. And all of a sudden, he'd show up on my cell camera on my property. And I'm like, well, there's no point looking tonight. And then he'd shift back over. So it was like, it was like a, it was two days, but it'd be like probably a week switch. You know, one week he'd be over here. The next week he'd be over there. And he was doing this in all of January. Comes up to February. And I'm like, man, this deer's going to be dropping. And so I'm really starting to watch him. He uh, basically, Valentine's Day, I get a call from the neighbor on the subdivision right next to where I hunt, like his back garden butts up to 
you know, the spot that I hunt in the subdivision. And I've known him my whole life. I actually grew up in that subdivision, so I'm you know, good friends with everyone. And he calls me up and goes, hey, you want to come over, take a look at some sheds? So I was like, oh, talk to my wife. I'm like, it's Valentine's night. Can we go look at some deer stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Got the blessing. And I was like, all right, let's go over there. And, you know, all this time in 2016, I'm seeing all these pictures of him. He looks huge, but in the back of my mind, I'm always going, man, I really don't think he's as big as what I'm giving him. I mean, he's got a ton of points that year, 23. And I'm like, man, if I see these sheds and I might be a little disappointed that, you know, it's not as big as I thought. I get over there and, I, and he shows them to me. You know, they were laying right next to the garden, right in, so my property in his garden, his garden, you know, comes out into the property I hunt. They're all nice neighbors. So, like, the sheds were laying on the trail, like, going up to his garden, and his wife found them. And uh, so I, I get up there and I look at the sheds and I'm like, Jesus Christ, these things are huge. And I started looking at them like, man, this deer is what I thought he was, plus bigger with the mass, you know. And so basically I got, you know, started scoring on those sheds. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but I figured he was like about 186 that year with a spread. He had 23 points, you know. So I'm like, all right, well, let's get a game plan going into 2017. You know, because that's the deer I'm going to be going after with all all intentions. I thought for sure that deer was going to break, you know, go 200. Like, I knew, in my, I already knew that deer was four and a half and he was that big. And I'm like, man, he's hitting five and a half. I'd, you know, that deer, I thought for sure it was going to go 200. But, so anyway, uh, 2016, one more thing about that. <laughs> I keep rambling on about 2016, but he, uh, when we found, okay, so November 14th, he showed up one day and on camera and his left eye was about gouged out and i'm like oh this ain't good you know and then when we picked up or when i got to his sheds when i got to see the sheds it had a whole bunch of pus underneath the antler like and like when the antler popped off there's pus under there so i was a little worried that he had some kind of infection going on so you said you got that picture in december what's that when when was the first picture you noticed his eye uh, November 14th. Okay. Yeah. So I noticed that November 14th. So I was a little worried all winter, you know, and all winter you'd see him in his eye was shut. Like in every picture, his eye was shut. And I mean, 2016, like I had so many daylight pictures of that deer. It's, it's like almost unbelievable. So then 2017 rolls around. My neighbor's got the same neighbor I found the sheds. He doesn't hunt or anything. He's just kind of wildlife guy. Doesn't have a problem with me hunting anything like that. Well, anyway, nice he, uh, to have. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, like I said, I grew up in the neighborhood, so it, you know, it's a small neighborhood. There's probably yeah, 10 houses in that little area, so everyone knows everyone. I grew up right there, but he, uh, you know, he he ran cameras actually. In well, I should take a step back here, but I was able to. He was able. He was nice enough to give me a little sheds off that deer. Just you know, his wife was more or less like almost astounded that I knew so much about this deer and was so into it. And, you know, she's like, well, they don't mean much to me. So, you know, so wow, I ended up getting, good. getting yeah, the that's sheds. A gift. That's super yeah. cool. Well, I, I didn't get them right away. I shouldn't say that. No. I had to plant a seed in there that, Hey, I originally I go, Hey, if you ever want to sell those, you know, I'd be interested, especially if I were to, you know, kill that deer next year. And then, you know, he called me up about a month later. He says, they mean way more to you than us. So why don't you come get them? So, so I ended up luckily enough to get on those sheds. So 2017 rolls around. He's got cameras out in early June, and I don't put any of my cameras out till like mid-July. He sends me a picture, and I believe it's June 20th, and 
it's a picture of him and he's got, I mean, he's big, but he's missing a lot of the points that he had the year before. Like he had a, he had a 16 inch, I don't know what do you call it? Almost like a double main beam or kind of like a G2. It's not really on like a G2, but he had a 16 inch time last year on his left side. No, his right side looking at him right now. But in that, and now in 2017, I was like, man, that's going to grow into double main be huge, you know? And I'm looking at it and he sends me a picture in July or June. And I'm like, Nope, not there. Like his, his right side is missing all the points that I had last year. And I'm like, well, I wonder if this gets something to do with the eye, you know? So and that's the only picture and he's growing at that point, you know, he's pretty small still for being that late in the year. I figured he'd be a lot bigger, but anyway, so I don't see this deer on my cameras till it was that daylight picture I sent you where he's walking up and he's in velvet and right there i get that picture and it's just like holy cow finally showed back up now i'm looking at it, i'm like man that deer's big i mean he's huge but he definitely isn't that isn't going to be 200 like i had been thinking all you know since last fall i was like man i'm finally going to get a chance at 200 you know and i was all jacked up about it not that inches are everything but you know that's kind of a something you know he's a huge deer and something you always kind of number you kind of look at and he shows up and he's huge and I'm like, well, I'm going after him regardless, but he definitely didn't put on the antlers. And I figured it was from that eye infection or whatever. He didn't put it on the points that he did last year. Yeah. So, very well could be. He was ooh. holding nutrition back, trying to heal a wound and not putting it towards yeah. the antler. Yep. Um, that's, you know, that's, I mean, granted he's still a huge year, but he put on the mask. Like I have a picture of me holding, I forget what it's like. A, I don't think I'm holding a soda can and his base is on that one side here about, uh, man, I don't remember measurements off the time I had, but he's way bigger than a soda can for bases. In 16, yeah. his H2 and H3 are probably like nine inches. Yeah, <laughs> That's what yeah, it looks like in velvet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. <laughs> so so basically, you know, 2017 comes around. I get those velvet pictures of him. He's not as regular as he was before. And now I'm going back. I'm searching all over trying to find where the heck this deer went. And I pick him out of a hayfield one day, you know, at that property same property he'd wintered at and i'm like oh maybe he's just living kind of down by the this hayfield you know which is basically two miles from our hunt but no big deal you know kind of shifts around during a rut he's always done that type of deal you know so i was like well you know i'm gonna keep hunting them at this point i'm i kind of set a stand up where i'm kind of a dangerous setup on them i kind of set up so i could sneak in and hunt them right on the edge of his bedding area if i only if i had a northwest wind which is kind of common but i could get in there close with the northwest wind you know so set that stand up you know i kind of hunted that stand because it was kind of a safe stand i could get to it fairly easy you know i'm pretty close to where i park my truck it's not a very big property anyway so i'm hunting them october 28th rolls around i have my i'm sitting there stand i watch him walk out about 75 yards he goes out makes a scrape underneath the tree rubbing up a bunch of branches, give him a couple of grunts, which I very rarely do. I hate calling the deer. Like, I mean, like this past year I hunted Iowa and every deer I call that seemed to come to me. Well, around here I make a call and it's just like, doop, going the other way. <laughs> like, I like I watch all the hunting shows, you know, and they're always calling at them. I'm like, man, I do that where I'm from. And they hear our neighbors, you know, you're walking out to the tree stand, you'll hear every single neighbor rattling horns and grunting, you know. So, so I, I really avoid calling as much as I can around here. So I gave him a few grunts and he could care less. He kind of just raked up a few trees, 
mosey on out of the way. But at that point, then I laid eyes on him that year in 2017. And I'm like, man, this deer's got some major mass and he's huge looking. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm definitely going after him. I got nothing else. No other deer I'm even interested in in 2017. So basically I hunt him pretty much every day from that point on. November 1st, it's raining. I go to a stand that I don't like sitting in because I have to walk right by the bedding area and I'm winding it the whole time. But on November 1st, it was raining and I'm like, well, maybe I can get away with it. And pretty heavy rain. So I snuck back and sat at a back stand. I was in the stand for maybe 10 minutes. And all of a sudden I look up, there's a doe bounding through the grass coming straight at me. And I'm like, oh, something's going on here. Look behind her and he's just bouncing through the grass coming right my way. And holy cow. So I grab the bow, get ready. Doe comes right underneath me. Like you couldn't plan any better. He comes right underneath me, goes in between my, as in a ladder stand, goes in between my stand in the tree and at this point i'm almost starting to panic i'm going hey i'm grunting at him you know with my mouth going, mat, 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 trying to get him to stop and then that switched to yelling at him and i'm going hey 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 <laughs> you know that's you know i can't get him to stop finally about 30 i think it was about 38 yards all of a sudden i get him to stop quartering away real hard you know at that point everything's at a blur and i'm sitting there going uh 20 30 40 20 you know in your head and i'm like where's he at where's he at and i let one go and it ended up being a perfect shot. Watch him run about 40 yards into a field, flips over on his back, and I'm like, more or less, I was like, what just happened? Like, it's just so quick. Like, I hunted that deer for so many years. You kind of almost expect, expect more of a, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You're almost like, oh, it just ended that quick? Like, it's done and over? I've known you for how many years? And <laughs> yeah, you're thinking, oh, yeah. I'm going to see him coming in. Yeah. coming in slow-mo, like, like on right TV yeah. trees. No, it's... And- that's run. exactly. Yeah. It's like, you don't expect them just a full board run and you got to yell at them and shoot them. So it's just a little bit different. I was just like, huh. I mean, I mean, it, it, I always kind of had that feeling anytime you kill a big deer, you're almost, it's almost sad in a way. It's like, man, I've chased you, known you for years and watched you from the car how many nights. And then now I got to find something new to go follow, you know? But yeah, so that's basically, you know, a story on how I came to kill him and kind of his history of him. But we wrote down a bunch of stuff here. This, <laughs> we, you went through a yeah, lot I of stuff. Yeah, I feel like I just rambled out. No, it was while. great, yeah. man. Wow. Can, can you hear me? I can't hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. I can, can hear you. Can you hear homie all right? Yeah, he's a little quiet, but I can hear him. All right. Turn your gain up, bro. I know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> there you are. Hey. Well, I got you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we wrote, we jotted down a bunch of stuff here, man. Uh, I, yeah. I love it when the guest just comes on and tells her story like that and just flows. We don't, we, I'm like, I hear something. I'm like, oh man, I want to talk about that. But I'm like, I'm not going to interrupt him. I'm just going to let him flow. Yeah. Cause if I interrupt him, he's going to lose his train of thought. So yeah, uh, we're no, going to jump no. back to some of the notes here and kind of break down this story a little more. Homie, hit it. Sure. You, you jotted down something. Yeah. Um, you know, I find it interesting at how deer just, you know, kind of disappear for a whole year and, mm-hmm. you know, like juries is one people that really, you know, highlight it. And, you know, the deer leaves for a year and then comes back and then they, they name it a totally different name than what it was two years ago. And then they end up killing the deer. And then when they kill the deer, then they realize, you know, five years ago, it was this deer with this sheds. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just think that that stuff is cool. How, 
a deer can just totally disappear and then you have, you know, good communication with, you know, the few people that are hunting by you and, you know, they don't have anything and, you know, you're just at a complete loss about where this deer was for basically a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. And like, like I've had it before now on that same, you know, these deer travel, like, you know, like everyone would, and I was younger, everyone was like, oh man, that deer, if you have 200 acres, that deer ain't leaving, you know, and the older and older they get, I watching these deer and man, they're moving, you know, and I'm talking to people. So there's a deer in that same property. I would not really hunting, but I was kind of watching like he had potential to be a giant. And I had pictured him in 2016, you know, a couple of years in a row. And all of a sudden he disappeared. Well, and next, I forget what year it was now, probably 2017 or whatever. The guy finds this deer dead and he finds it dead as a crow flies six and a half miles from where I was kind of hunting them. You know, it's just, it's just nuts how far these deer are moving, you know, and it's kind of the same stories with the, the deer I called switchblade that I killed in 2016. That deer would summer. It was the people who had pictured him in the summer were three and a half miles from where he would show up every October and live on me all of rut and then go right back to them for the winter and summer. But all of rut for three straight years, that deer would travel all the way back over to me. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy how to do that. And yeah. another example, it's just like, I had a deer that, the one I called the ghost, the 200, you know, 220, 230 type deer. That deer, I was hunting that deer 20, so 2012 on a property five miles away. He disappears from me for, yeah, 2012. So he disappears for three years. I get permission on a new farm, like five, six miles away. And my second camera pole, he's there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, where? What? Like, where have you been? Like, how did you just shift that far a home range? I was you know, wondering just... if, like, they're chasing a doe, and then they get there, they breed for a while, and then they realize, like, hey, this is pretty primal. Hey, this ain't bad. <laughs> this ain't yeah. bad. It's like it's like when you start hanging out with a chick, and you're like, oh, this ain't bad. I'll just kind of chill yeah. here, you know? Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, I found yeah. me some turnips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty good spot. Yeah. yeah. No, that's crazy how far they, they just seen the shift. And yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I guess I, I'm sure it's like that everywhere, you know, where I hunt. It's not real. I don't, I don't know exactly where you guys are down there, but like, it's not real like crick and draw type of areas. It's little square chunk woodlots. Like, you know, we got a lot of farmland. It's really flat country. Like I joked, like when I hunted iowa this past fall i saw more hills out there than i've seen in my whole life like when i go hunt like i'm lucky if i walk up you know changing elevation 50 feet in a whole year so <laughs> you know it's just it's it's just little blocks surrounded by big cropland you know and subdivisions and lakes but, <laughs> but yeah one thing you mentioned what that i'm going to try this year is when you got busted walking back to the truck um, yeah i don't know if i've told the listeners or not that i'm going to be on a suburban area but anyways i'm going to be hunting a suburban area this year and i am going mm-hmm. to try that if i get busted walking to the stand or walking <laughs> out i'm just going to continue walking instead of like stop like i would on my own property oh, yeah. and chill i'm just going to yeah. continue walking like i'm just some hiker or something no, see like, if that works i i agree with that 100 percent because like so i live next to a park yeah it's like a park like a dog park it's like a 160 acre park and they just walk dogs out here <clears throat> and I'll see it all the time at my house. You know, I'll walk out back and you'll come across a deer. And if you were to try to just be quiet and kind of just walk the trail, you know, and 
act like you're hunting them or trying to sneak up on them, like game over. But you sit there, matter of fact, my wife did it a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting there I'm like, here, watch this buck up here. I said, I think let's just have a full blown loud conversation, walk by him at 35 yards. And he just watches us walk by no care in the world. Now I would never do that on my farm properties, <laughs> but, but you know, it seems, I don't know, like subdivision deer just, I, you know, I think they can tell, you know, whether you're in predator mode or you're just, just an average Joe just walking around, you know? Yeah, I could see that. They just get accustomed to whatever, whatever they're used to. So they just know when deer season is. Yeah. That's what, yeah, it, is. <laughs> that's what that it boils too. down to. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you didn't have um, any encounters with this deer in early October. Do you know where he was during that time? In early October, I I was getting them on cameras every year, but it was he was pretty. Well, I mean, in twenty sixteen, that deer, you know, October Lowell. I mean, that deer, no such thing. He moved daylight every single cold front, every single, you know, high pressure day. Like I always watch the pressure and kind of there's a year or two there where i went through a stretch where i'm like hey this deer's only moving when it's 30.2 in daylight you know and you know very much a pressure but it pretty much always coincides with a cold front so right <laughs> you know like anytime there's cold front pressure goes up so mm-hmm. it's kind of you know kind of all in the same so you know i was i was watching him do that and he did that he was a very good mover in daylight early in october but you know i was like i said 2016 he was all over and i don't know how i didn't get on him that year but yeah, was focused on a, what, what was yeah. it? The other one was 190-something, right? Yeah, he was, ended up going 195. Then. Yeah, so you're focused on a 195. <laughs> it's hard to focus on a 190 and a 180 at the same time. <laughs> yes. uh, Can't and, two, and like a 230 that year. Yeah, That's what yeah. I mean. It was, so. 2016 was a ridiculous year. <laughs> never, never, I'll never have a year like that before again. There, you know. <laughs> That's depressing. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so did, oh, go ahead. Do you think this deer was daylight on the cam so much because you had it close to where he was bedding, or was he just traveling up in the area, checking everything, making sure nobody's trying to come in on his territory? No, I think that I was getting him in daylight so much just because, like I said, when he's on that property, he beds in a very small spot. And see, all these properties now, I've hunted like my entire life, you know, and a lot of them, they change, but... The deer change, but I mean, they all kind of do the same thing. Like these deer, like I've been putting my cameras in the same spot since I was going to Walmart to do film, you know, back in like the night, late nineties. So, you know, it's, I've always pretty much had my cameras in the same spots and I've always, you know, at that property, I've always had this camera in the same spot and he's all, there's always every single year. That's where the biggest deer walk. Now it is probably only. Yeah, probably 50 yards from where they are bedding. So, I mean, it is tight to their bedding. But, I mean, he's walking out. He was walking out in this grassy opening, which if people in the Southern were paying attention, they could be watching him quite a, quite a bit, you know. But So, are you running all mobile cams on when they're that close? or? Um, well, basically, I, like, I'll run two cell cams on pretty much every property. And then I'll run, it depends on the size of the property, I'll run... I live and die by cameras. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, like if I don't have a picture of a deer on a cell camera on a property and I'm hunting that deer for like a week, like I, and I won't have you know a picture of him for a week. Like I ain't going out there. Like I, <laughs> like I, I probably rely on him a little too much. Yeah, but, we we asked that question on Twitter if you know it would it change your game up, and it made me and homie honestly think we depend on yeah. them a ton mm-hmm. that's we oh, base yeah. our whole our hunts around that you know what oh, I mean? yeah. yeah i think a lot of people are actually shifting to that way too 
um, one to keep the pressure off, and two, you know, oh, yeah. to let you know what's going what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what cell cams are you running? Uh, I run a little bit of everything. I got a few snipers. I'm running, yeah, what do I have probably. Yeah, seven or eight snipers. I think I got sitting there. I got probably seven or eight Spartans, and I got a couple Bushnells, and then probably 25, 30 regular cameras. Nice. But we're in the yeah, I mean, we're in the cell cam market. I think we got it <laughs> narrowed down to. A, I, I run Moultrie Mobile. I know okay. that system. Yep. I like it a lot, but I'm always interested to see how other cams do. And uh, sure, cell cams, I mean, man. If you can get them game changer oh, for sure if you got him in oh, the right yeah. spot yeah i mean that's that's scouting big time right there you know it's like yeah it's like i said I'll, i live and die by them that's for sure and it's you know uh, partially you know as younger you'd have cameras and you'd be checking them you know you're checking cameras every two weeks or a week now i'm like man i don't even i might must be probably getting older too now i'm like man i'm too lazy to go out and check cameras so let's just see <laughs> if anything pops up on cell cams so so let's get to the the big thing that I jotted down here on the notes is this buck was traveling about 2.2 miles in the winter, you know, yep. late winter. I mean, after, when did your guys' season close up there? We closed uh, January 1st, I believe. Oh, it was, wow. That's kind of early. So, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're out of season, um, still putting in the scouting work and, um, mm-hmm. You're finding out that this buck's traveling 2.2 miles. Um, yep. do, do you know the reason he's traveling that far is? And honestly, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's there's food. That's kind of always been his mentality. You know, he's always, okay, so from where I hunt, I have properties that I hunt to, get my direction straight here. I have properties I hunt to the east, only a mile away from that property. And then I only live three miles to the west of the property I killed him on. So he was shifting almost all the way over to my house. Now that deer never showed up on my east property. Like never once in crossed the road and went that way on cameras that I know of, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, all these deer in this area tend to go to the lake. You know, I don't know if there's eating on people, bird feeders at that point, but everything kind of tends to group up and come down towards the lake in the winter. I'm not sure why he was coming back and forth so much that year but you know obviously you know he him and it was actually a bachelor group of bucks i got the sheds off of another real good 10 point that same year when he dropped on that property a 10 pointer dropped on that property and so you know a group of bucks are kind of traveling back and forth and i'm trying to remember 2016 i think was a fairly easy winter for us you know so it wasn't a ton of snow yeah so well it wasn't like this past winter i mean pretty sure it was pretty mild so I had food all over the place, you know, but everything tends to want to go to the lake. So That's crazy that you said that. I was looking at the harvest reports for I'm going to be hunting, mm-hmm. and most mm-hmm. of the bucks were harvested harvested by the lake, like where there's no yeah. ag fields, which mm-hmm. just blows my mind. Like, I'm like, oh, man, how, oh, yeah. it doesn't even make sense to me. But Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they travel that way. And, it's it, you know, every deer is a little different because it's like, so in 2015, I killed that, I killed a real big, big deer that I called him turkey foot like mid 170s deer and i killed him on that property one mile to the east of where i killed this one and that deer was shifting back and forth between my two properties almost daily especially during a rut all of a sudden i'm at one spot and he's popping up on my cell cam a mile away on my other property i'm like what the heck you know i was just playing cat and mouse with him and he's jumping 
properties, east and east and west. Whereas now the deer at Inferno deer, he never went to the east. He only would go west from that property. So it's just kind of crazy how they all, you know, all my properties are fairly close to each other. And a lot of times certain deer will go a certain way and different bucks will go another way, you know. It's super cool how you have properties where you could tie deer together. Yeah. That's something we don't have the opportunity to do. Yeah. We <laughs> potentially maybe had one buck on cam like two miles away. No, oh, yeah. Um, I did look at that. It was, <clears throat> I'm going to have to do it again. It was like 1030 and now I was laying in bed and I did <laughs> it up, but I'll let you, I'll, I'll look at it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to tell, man. There's not a lot of deer that have this characteristics running mm-hmm. around this area, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, then the neighbor found a shed, and half of his main beam was broke off. So oh, okay. he he did he summer there, and then travel back in winter, just like this buck was doing. It was that the one mm-hmm. across the road? Yeah, the one that he he broke out. The he, broke. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy. So back to the two point two miles of this deer traveling in <laughs> winter. That's a long yeah. way to like see him one spot and then, uh, you know, get him on cam oh, yeah. to hope that he drops sheds <laughs> yeah. on, on well, one end or yeah. the other, you know? Well, that was, that was my thought too, is I was watching him and I, I was like, I had a lot of pictures of him early February. So there's like one week, like in early February, he was like, I'm on my property every day. Then I picked him back up. Like, I think like February 8th or 9th on the other property mile, you know, I can't watch my hunting property from the road. There's really nothing to watch there. So I'm watching another property by the lake and I pick him up like February 10th and I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to have no shot at these sheds, you know? And, and then all of a sudden I'm picking them back up and he's just over on my other property. And then, like I said, I knew the 13th, I had him on cell camera that night and I'm like, man, come on any day now, you know, just drop him there. Don't make me go knock. Cause I could get permission in the one field that he was wintering in to go look for sheds, but you know, I don't kind of avoid it. I don't, feel like you know another guy another guy hunts it but i don't want to you know he's just a gun hunter type of deal but i want to you know piss people off yeah um it's where you're hunting is there a lot of so you said it's just blocks of timber do you think that's why they're traveling so far is because they're traveling a long way from timber to timber yeah it probably is you know and they don't have you know when when they are traveling in between very rarely is there little creeks that run between them you know there's not big draws there's nothing i mean they're traveling these blocks of timber and they're just shifting through fields basically so sure that's part of the reason that you know they get get feeling too much pressure in one from hunters or whatever you know i'm sure they just kind of get you know you wouldn't want to sit around in a little piece of property where you got pressure people pushing you around all the time i'm sure they kind of just shift off you know yeah but I could see that, you know, maybe one property has a little bit of thermal cover. Um, yeah. One property we hunt, uh, it's the timber is just so open when late season comes. Oh, it's yeah. pretty much impossible. Ghost town. Yeah, it's pretty much impossible to kill deer, does. But, I mean, the bucks, a few does, but, like, during the rut, it's gangster. I was say early season, it's good because yeah. the oaks are there. Yeah, early season, the it's good. Yeah. They got, you know, a nice breeze flowing through the open timber. The rut, they're looking for some cover. We got that on the north end, but nothing that's good thermal cover. So when late season hits, you might as well just hang it up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. If it's bad like this year, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this heavy snow this year just kicked our butt. on. We would, we we literally had bucks that we were potentially going to kill late season mm-hmm. on camera. 
And then we got that one heavy snow and it flattened all our CRP and then just oh, ghost town yeah. places. Yep. I mean, just absolutely yep. ghost town. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I got a property the same type of way. It's kind of open Oak woods and it's surrounded by, there is a little creek draw that comes through there. It's got a little grassy area in between the two sections of woods. And that property is where I'm hunting a deer for this year. This coming year, I'm probably going to be after a deer there, but that, that property early, season like right now or not right now but like all summer and all up till about gun season november 20th somewhere in that deal that place is on fire and all of a sudden after that gone you won't see a deer the rest of the winter you know yeah it's crazy how they they know where they need to be to survive that's (laughs) that's for sure Um, oh yeah that piece we were talking about we had we had a trail cam up and we got pictures of those at one morning, right before the snowstorm, and then six foot snow drift on <laughs> camp. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it was yeah. just like, nope, nothing's happening. And yeah. we're playing yeah. an acre and a half of beans on that property this year, so hopefully that much snow don't come through and just annihilate yeah. them. But yeah, you guys get those beans in yet? Nope, nope, nope. They're going nope. in soon, but yeah, the lake's see, drying got... up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I just I just planted all my bean plots last weekend, so. Yeah, man, it's tough. Uh, I think we're shooting for the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, begin- so we're going to hopefully broadcast them is what my plan is to yeah. save some time. Um, it has mm-hmm. been planted before uh, multiple times. It just yeah, hasn't been planted the last two years. So mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully it goes good. Um, really, well, When you guys broadcast them, do you want to spray them first then? Spray first? Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah spray them first till yeah. it broadcast it cult pack yeah. it yeah. so do it right and try to get them to grow good and uh there's a really high density number of deer there so broadcasting we should mm-hmm. get more be able to hold get more beans per acre is what i'm hoping or at least more forage maybe not beans because sure. there's probably going to be a lot of you know small small bean uh mm-hmm. pods being this late in the year but we're looking more yeah. for the forage early yep. season because mm-hmm. yeah, we had a lot of bucks early season on that piece but mm-hmm. they were just yeah. they weren't coming off the bed right because sure. they were too far from the ag so hopefully with yeah. this food plot we can pull them off <clears throat> a little earlier yeah no that's that's the only good thing about beans too is you plant them get them in and if they do get eaten up like that and you you know you go and spray roundup on them and they do if they do get eaten up i always can go in later and broadcast brassicas you know in the fall and get them to pop up too you know yeah kind of a backup plan yeah, the beans don't hold that's out. That's a good but. plan. Do you, uh, on that 15 acres, are you able to plant anything or is it so residential? Nope, not on that one. No, nope, I don't yeah. do anything on that one. That one, I just kind of. You need to get your buddy to extend his garden a half acre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we Be need. like, yeah. you don't need to mow your yard, man. This, this little piece uh, right here, turnips. Yep. <laughs> I'm yep. telling you. Yeah. No, that's, that's how it feels there. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't do anything on that one. It's just kind of, you know, I've, is what it is for that property there's not really you know some sometimes you you know how it is you have landowners you feel that like you can sit there and say oh can i do this can i do this and there's no problem there's some you're just like eh, i don't feel like asking yeah so, yeah sometimes so, you're just happy to be hunting there so you're like i don't exactly. want to push it yep. to try to yep yeah it took me like oh when i first started hunting i think it took me like four years for him to tell me i could put a tree stand up so that's another couple of years before you'd let me put cameras up. So, so <laughs> yeah, you don't want to so. push it then. <laughs> no, you got to no. play the soft touch game. It's a, so. 
I've hunted for a long time now, and it's worked out good. But yeah, it, it took me a long time to get worked into it. That's for sure. But so Inferno's rack changed from 2016 to 2017. Mm-hmm. Are you just kind of chalking that up to his eye being damaged, or did you see like a change in the food sources around where he was, you know, living, or you know, kind of go into maybe the reasoning of why his rack shifted so much? Sure. Now, my my original thought was kind of that, you know, when when I picked up that shed and or when I got that shed, it had that pus, the green pus. And I think it's actually still on that shed. Um, and it it was weird because half of the uh, the base of the pedicle of the shed there was covered in green pus, you know. So it was like, ah, something's not good, you know. And I feel like that it was it partly. But then 2016, we had a like a ridiculous drought. Like we didn't get rain at all in that summer. It felt like, which you know, we went opposite of this year. But we, you know, so it could have been that. In fact, there wasn't much green. Even I think in that picture I have of them, there wasn't much grass low. Like it's all that year was just dry. You can look back at other pictures from that same spot in that same, you know, different years, and it's green. You know, he's got green leaves, but there's no green grass, really, I don't think, growing around that year. So I know we had a real dry year. So, I mean, that, you know, studies all say that contributes to poor antler growth. And Do, it was uh, real hot that year. But... You, he, was, he was four that year, or three that year, right? 16? Uh, 16, he was four. Four. Four, four yep. Yeah. So. Four to five, man. That's normally supposed to be their biggest yeah, right. jump. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, he added, he added a ton of mass, like his bases are huge, but he just lost all his points. Yeah, I'd say that it was, you know, he was saving nutrients to fight that infection and not putting it towards his rack. And because I've, I've, we, we have Lopside Mm -hmm. who should be a 160s eight pointer, (laughs) you know what I mean? But he's not, he's got one, one side that's a 160s and the other side, we found his shed and there's probably two inches of skull plate on it. You know what Uh, I mean? So he's definitely had an injury that made him that way. So it's crazy how those deer can. Yeah. It almost looked broke. Yeah. It looks like the shed broke off. You could tell it was shed because the backside of it was shed, but he just shed so much of the skull plate and yeah. it was funny you when i picked that shed up you said oh it's that deer yeah and I, I was like I was no like, and then <laughs> i was looking at pics i'm like yep that's it homie's <laughs> right yeah. so yeah no it's you know when they shed i've had one like that before too it i've had one where the actual broke the skull plate when he was during rut and so i don't know where he shed his antler if the skull plate came out with it or if what but the next year, same type of deal where you guys are talking about. He had a real good left side, and his right side was just a spike, basically. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You could... Lopside's on our on our hit list for yeah, sure. Yeah, his up, so. his side is like a two year old eight. I mean, it's just like a typical basket rack eight side. Yeah. And then his right yeah. side is just it's got a sixteen giant. inch G two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't even fit on the trail cam pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's crazy, man. It's, it's super cool when you have a history with those deer to be able to follow them, put the pieces together. And then it, it it makes you learn. It makes you stop and say, why did that happen? You know, and you start trying to break it down. Was it the weather? Was it an injury? Was it, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, – we, we see a huge transition around here from when they plant beans to when they plant corn. It's like oh, deer yeah. just naturally change their whole lives around yeah, the, the ag switch. So, yep. oh yeah, it's that's big. You know, especially early season stuff. I have my one property. I have 
apple trees. Well, these apple trees only are every other year, but every other year, these apple trees are loaded. Like, and I'll have like 15 bucks on this property every other year. So luckily this is coming to this year. So it's every, it's nice. the odd years. Odd years are my apple tree years. Yep. Yeah. Uh, same before same for me. My apple tree in the yard's banging right now. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Odd years, man. I'm with you. Yep. So when you shoot this deer, you know, on the, on the recovery and, you know, walking up to him, you know, kind of, what are you feeling? Or, you know, I know when you, when you opened up, you said that, you know, you, you get the history built with these deer and then, you know, you get it done and then you, you end up sad. And I know, mm-hmm. I know when Cody shot his deer this year, you know, I kind of felt like I shot the deer and we're all there having a bro moment and we're balling sure. our eyeballs out and, you know, we're high five, <laughs> yep. but we're sad and we're happy. Yeah. And, you know, it's all just going on. So kind of go, go through what, what was going through your head when, when you walked up on him. Sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's a mix of emotions for sure. It's you invest so much time and especially when you're hunting individual, particular deer, you know, you spend so much time thinking about that deer. And my wife says, that's the only thing I talked about for year and a half was inferno so you know you talk about this deer forever and you know and like i said you watch them all the time it, it is a mixed emotion you kill them and you're like well you know you're happy as can be you know that this is what you've been shooting your bow all this time all this time you put into everything you do and then on the other hand you're like well now what you know i kind of <laughs> you know there's no hey you want to go let's go take a ride down the road and see if we can find inferno in that hayfield or anything like that you know so you know it's you know the respect of it you know it's you feel bad you know but you also are excited that you everything you do worked out and you know a lot of stuff had to go right for it to lead up to that point you gotta do a lot of things right it doesn't happen i mean it does happen by luck but it doesn't you know you don't get lucky killing you know big deer all the time so it's you know you realize that you put in the work to do it and it's gonna happen so that type of deal you know yeah it's just like me and homie last year this time I don't know how many times I told him, oh, Mr. or Mr. Freeze, or, you know, or this. I didn't think I named him at this point, did I? Yeah. 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 And yeah. I was like, oh, you know, Mr. Freeze, he's going to be here and he's going to be here. I got him. I got him this year. We're going to kill yep. him late season, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, and this year yeah. we st- we have giants, right? We have some mega giants, but I don't have that three-year wrap mm-hmm. going on where I'm like, oh, I got these trail pan pictures. I got him pinned down. Yeah. just – I. I'm really excited for deer season, but I'm not excited as I was last year. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And I mean, my biggest thing is just like, I mean, cause I love running cams and oh, yeah. it's just like when, when you shoot them, you're just like, I'm never going to get in. That was the first thing that yep. we, one of the first <laughs> yep. thing we said, we were setting around the deer. I was like, no more pictures of freeze. You know? <laughs> Dude, and then that yeah. just like, that's when it really hit me. Like, that's it, you know, but, no more velvet because he was awesome in velvet, yeah, you know, yeah, just get yeah. to see him to watch him grow and um mm-hmm. man, just you're like he's just not gonna be on cam no more. Yeah, not gonna be on cam and that uh you know, people you know, I I start talking to people that hunt but don't like they're not into it hardcore like some guys at work, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I start breaking down like how emotionally attached you get to these deer when you start making a connection with them and they just don't understand some people, but oh yeah, that's, that's what it is, man. I think you make that connection yep. and you want to win the whole time. You're like, I'm going to win. And then you win <laughs> yeah. and you're like, damn, man, <laughs> yeah, I won. No, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's cool. It's like I said, it's when I, when I shot him, that's kind of how I, it was, it was almost like all that build up, and it's just like, 
I just had to yell at him to get him to stop. And then like it, like I in my head and you envision this happening. How many times you figure him hitting the scrape, kind of walking in, type of deal, like you said. And it's like, yeah, nope. all slow mo. You walk all, in, you're like, oh yeah, that's the deer. Yeah. You draw <laughs> back, you get that moment. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Instead of just all panic, like he's running right at me. <laughs> I'm gonna stop, type of deal, you know. So. I'd have lost my shit when he ran between the tree and the oh, ladder. Yeah, the tree and the ladder. I'd have been like, all right. This like, what is really going on? Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I had my, my thumb had pressure on it at one point when he was like right there. And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this right now. And I'm trying to talk myself out of taking a bad shot. And I had him trotting, I think, at one point. And I was just starting to squeeze. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. Can't do this. So I had to keep talking myself out of it. And then we finally stopped. And it was just a, you know, how when you know, you range the same tree five, you know, how many times in the season? Yeah. You know, 20, 30 times, you're always ranging that tree, and you're like, oh, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. And somebody stops, and there's so much going on in your head, you're like, I can barely think right now. I have no idea. That's you all know? I do in the stand. I'm like, all right, Buck's going to stop right there. That's yep. 28 yards. <laughs> you know what and I mean? Then you get all, yeah. yeah. And then you get all flustered, and you're just Yeah, like, you're like, I don't know what, what it is. <laughs> just going to say like, it. I can even, yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I knew. As I say, I remember looking through, and I was like, well, 20, 30, 40 is on him, so it's going. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you sharing the story of Inferno. Definitely a legendary deer. I'm excited for people to be able to see the pictures of this buck, and, um. Uh, uh, that's when it really, the story really comes together. We yeah. get to see the picture, you know, hear him talking about it. Uh, huge shout out to you for reaching out to us and coming on the podcast. Like I said, we, we created this podcast to let guys like you tell their stories. You know, the guys that have been successful on, I don't know how many giants you got, man. You were sending us pics. I'm like, I just lost count. This guy's got more inches in three deer than I've shot. He's my got whole more life. screws in his drywall. Yeah, I had, yeah. <laughs> I had a really good three years there. It's... Yeah. So, so we appreciate you yeah. coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. So we've been sitting here for a while talking about deer and drinking bush light, and we just changed the settings on the soundboard. So if you're blowing your eardrums right now, I apologize. <laughs> We want to see how this sounds. We've never ran this setting before. Um, what what did you say? It was chorus one. Yeah, chorus one coming. So in we're, we're coming in singing hardcore right now. <laughs> um, but uh, what do you what do you think about this episode? I think there's a lot of cool stuff to really sit back and think about. You know, deer's gone for a year, gets his eyeball gouged out, and then you know his rack dramatically changes. So. That was super cool that he brought that into attention. Then he's we're gonna be able to share that picture of him with the yeah. the bad eye. And, and, the, and amount, the giant rack. Yeah, the amount of points he lost is just insane. He went from a side that had, I didn't count, 12 or 14 points to an eight-point frame with base kickers. Right. I mean, that's just insane to me that he lost so much. But like we said, you know, not being able to put all that into the antler and trying to heal himself mm-hmm. could have a huge factor. So I thought this was an awesome story, another great legend of the woods. Um are we we're gonna are we gonna lose that to the listeners? Or I, was, what are we I was just gonna say, uh, are we clo- are we gonna say we're closing it out? Yeah, or what well, are we doing? I want to leave it up to the listeners. We've been getting a lot of feedback. We do have more legends on the line, um, but we can that we can rope in for you guys. Do you guys like the Legend of the Wood series, or do you want us to go back to our red, regular bullshit episodes? <laughs> we do have a couple other series coming down the line that we're getting game planned for July, mm-hmm. but. We do have a few people that want to come on. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll if we do continue it, we'll cap it at 10. 
And, you know, as we get into deer season, we can just roll them legends into yeah. our, our continuing weekly yeah, series. I think we might, we, we, we promised the people that we could get them on. So I think we might need to take a break from the legend, but splice them in every now and then. But we'll let the listeners decide. This is their show. Yeah, absolutely. So we do this for for them. Um, let us know social media. You can email us any any way you want to know. Text message. A lot of you have my number. I mean, all like seven listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. one quick note: we did not cover it in the intro. The website is down. Oh yeah, website's down. Uh, so long story. Real short <laughs> here. So uh, we wanted to be a cool kid and go to WordPress. Um, so the website is getting transferred over and then there's going to be the learning curve of learning web WordPress compared to what we had, which was Weebly, which we had a good grasp on. Yeah. Um, super easy. We really appreciate the P I mean, over a thousand visitors a week, close to a thousand visitors most weeks. I mean, that is insane for us. So we super appreciate you guys coming and reading the content. It was very painful to switch. It was, yeah. <laughs> you know? Something that we didn't want to do, but we knew that we would have so much more uh, availability and making our stuff better, easier to read, flow better um, with with WordPress. So we made the switch. The website will be back up. We're going to learn it, and we're going to put because putting content back out for you. Luckily, I can write better than I can talk, because <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> Just like... 10% better though. <laughs> but uh, I still got to proofread it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm but they probably scholar. didn't hear any of this because this course one setting. Yeah. They're probably, not singing. Yeah. They probably heard nothing uh, or they just turned it off because it's so loud they can barely hear it. <laughs> but the squiggles look good. Yeah. The squiggles are big as shit, bro. <laughs> That's the only thing looking good right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we had a blast tonight recording it. Um, uh, get out there. Get your trail cams out. It's getting that time. Take your kids with you. Leave a legacy. And Whitetail Legacy's out. <laughs>